Turn to the Old Testament, to the book of Ezra tonight. The book of Ezra. And uh, we're going to read in chapter number 8, one verse, and that'll be verse number 35. <clears throat> but then we're going to flip back. So if you would, just remain seated tonight. Ezra chapter number 8. We're going to read verse number 35, and after we pray, we're going to go back to chapter 1, flip through and read a few things. And I told Brother Brent a moment ago, I said, if they'll stick with me, I might let them out early tonight. So you stick with me, and you smile. I know you've been here a lot this week, and I appreciate your faithfulness. And I'm going to give you just a little bit of encouragement uh, to finish off our week. And if the Lord allows, we'll, uh, we'll let you go home a little early tonight. Just have a very simple thought, but we're going to try to reinforce what God has done in our hearts this week just a little bit. Exodus, uh, Exodus, Ezra, I'm telling you, this brain is not sharp today. I want to say I'm not responsible for anything. I say I am Jeremiah Andrews, and I do not approve this message. Ezra chapter number 8, look down at verse number 35. This is where... The, those that were in captivity have been given the opportunity to go back and rebuild the temple. And they have rebuilt it. They have dedicated it. And Ezra has now arrived at Jerusalem. In verse 31, we see him coming on the scene. We're going to pick up in verse 35 and pretty much stay there uh, for the meat of the message. The Bible says also the children of those that had been carried away, which were come out of the captivity, offered burnt offerings unto the, unto the God of Israel. Twelve bullocks for all Israel, ninety and six rams, seven and seventy and seven lambs, twelve he goats for a sin offering. All this was burnt offering unto the Lord. We're going to explain a little bit more about this after we pray. But let's open our hearts and ask the Lord to give us what we need. Father, thank you again for the privilege to be in your house. And we do thank you for a good week. And Lord, even though it's a tiring week, Lord, what a, what a great reason to be tired. Lord, that we had the privilege to come to your house so many times this week and to have our hearts stirred by your word and to meet others who are willing to go on our behalf to get the gospel around the world. And Father, I pray that, Lord, you'd stir our hearts through your word one more time tonight. Help us reinforce, Lord, decisions we've made and commitments that... Uh, Lord, uh, we've resolved to do, and I pray you'd use this and use this message tonight, Lord, to your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, back in Ezra chapter number one, we're going to kind of skip through this, but the verse we just read, we see the offerings that the children of God were willing to make to him as they have concluded the dedication of the temple. And as you read the book of Ezra, you see a group of people that uh, I describe, if you had to describe with one word, you see a group of people that are nothing less than willing. At every turn, you see the people of God willing to do whatever was required to be a part of the work of God and to get uh, this work built. And if you look back in chapter 1, look down to verse, uh, I'll tell you what, we'll just pick up in verse number 1. The Bible says, now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia. The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be, be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. Verse number four, and whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of his place help him with silver and with gold and with goods and with beasts, besides a free will offering for the house of God that is still in Jerusalem. 
Bible goes on to tell us that those uh, that were in captivity decided to rise up and to go back and to build the temple of God. And we see their willingness and willing to go and to be a part of that building. And as we read through chapters 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3, we see the altar set up. Uh, We see the Feast of the Tabernacles and burnt offerings and what the people were willing to contribute to be a part of the work of God. Finally, we get all the way to chapter 8 and verse 35, the verse we just read, and we see them continuing to be willing to be a part of the work of God. Now, if you want to look at it on a practical sense, these people are pretty much doing what we believe God would have us to do here. They are building a church and fulfilling the will of God for their lives in this place. But in order for them to bring about this work to be fulfilled as we preach about this morning, they're going to have to continually be willing to do what is required. And oftentimes, I'm going to tell you, willingness is a lot like a heart monitor. You ever see that heart monitor? I was in my wife's uh, grandfather's uh, ICU room the other day, and we were watching the heart monitor go up and go down. And oftentimes in the work of God, willingness kind of follows that same pattern. We get excited for God, and we're willing, and we just got off a missions conference, and we're excited to see what God would have us to do, and we're excited to fill out our card. And I hope you are, but we must understand that willingness is something we must be on the continual guard to keep. Because willingness can go out the window pretty quick, and the next thing you know, we have backed off of what we have committed to God. Now it is something that's fairly easy. Uh, As I sat back in the office and spoke with Dr. Sisk and talking about missions and what God could do, my heart churned about our church taking on even greater opportunities that, that the Lord may place before us. And now that's easy because we're coming off of missions conference. But I'll tell you, there will come a day, and it may be sooner than later, where you're not quite going to feel as willing as you do today. There are going to come days where you're not going to feel it is as popular. There are going to come days where it is a little bit more costly. There's going to come days where it's not as easy to do the will of God. And we've got to find a way to stay willing. And so tonight we're going to follow the pattern, if we could, in Ezra chapter 8 and verse 35. And look at the thought of what will keep us willing. What will keep us willing, and I'm meaning in the work of God, and I believe there's two or three things in verse 35 we'll give you, and if you'll just pretend to pay attention, uh, we'll give you what God has, and then we'll let you go home and sleep off that extra hour of sleep that you lost, okay? Verse 35, the Bible says, also the children of those that had been carried away, we'll jump to that here in just a minute, which were come out of the captivity, offered burnt offerings unto the God of Israel. The first thing tonight, I believe, is what kept these people willing to be involved in the work of God that they had this opportunity to do was, number one, because of the opportunity itself. If there's one thing that ought to motivate the people of God to be involved in the opportunities that God presents us, it's the simple fact that God has presented us with the opportunity, and it's an opportunity we haven't always had. I don't know about you, but I like free stuff. Pretty much doesn't matter what it is. Uh, that's why I like Cracker Jacks. You open a box of Cracker Jacks, the prizes are not what they used to be, are they? I mean, you used to get a real prize, a decoder ring or something like that. You know, a nickel from Japan or something was in there. And now it's just these dumb tattoos that they put in there. Why do they do that for kids? I have no idea. I think they're in cahoots with the tattoo parlors that our kids will kind of get hooked on that. But I like free stuff. And I like having the opportunities to be a part of things. Now, we were in the hospital the other day. I'll give you a good example. And with this coronavirus, it makes me nervous, okay? I am not a hypochondriac. I'm really not. I just kind of trust my health to the Lord. I try to look after and be a good steward of my health. But we're walking around the hospital, and you're seeing all of these sick people. And I am just recoiling into a cocoon, you know, walking down the hallways. 
Every time I saw one of those hand sanitizer things in the hospital, I hit it up. My daughter asked me, she says, Dad, can you use too much of that stuff? I says, I don't know. One day they're going to find out it causes cancer, and it's going to be worse than the coronavirus to begin with. I mean, we got off the elevator. I'm washing my hands. You pass by a sketchy-looking person. Well, you're washing your hands. You can just feel the germs jumping off of you. We're going down the hall. Come out of the bathroom. You know, just everywhere. Why? They had those things all over the place. We got ready to walk out the door. I'm just, I'm just bathing in the stuff, you know, like sunscreen. I'm wanting to kill that stuff. I, look, I can afford to get sick right now, all right? And so I'm walking out there. He said, why did you hit those things up so often? Because they were there. The opportunity was there, and it didn't cost me anything. Now, can I tell you something tonight? The reason we ought to be willing and what should keep us willing to be involved in the work of God is because of the opportunity that God has provided us. Now, notice these children, the children of Israel that are here that have been in captivity. This is not an opportunity that they've had. They have been in captivity. And they're excited to be a part of the work of God because the opportunity wasn't always there. You can see this excitement in Bartimaeus when he's sitting on the side of the road and he's been blind his whole life. And he hears that Jesus is coming. He begins to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And his friends tried to quieten him down. Sometimes it makes me wonder, was I, would I be Bartimaeus or would I be the friends? You know, would I be the one crying out or the one telling the guy to shut up? You know, you have to figure out where you fall in there today. The Bartimaeus is sitting there and he's crying out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Why was he crying out? Because the opportunity was there. Jesus was his opportunity to have his sight and you could not quiet him down. Why? Because this opportunity was his. Now, folks, we should not be tamped down and get discouraged and get deciding in our heart, you know what, I just don't feel like doing that today. We ought to be just excited to be a part of the work of God and to be a part of the opportunity he's provided for us. I believe the reason they were so involved and so willing is they were just thankful for the opportunity to be there. Last night I was on the phone with a preacher and we were talking about the different styles of worship today. And how people, you know, the Bible says that God's a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And you've got two guardrails on how to worship God. If you want to stay within the lanes, you worship in spirit, and you worship in truth. There's not a whole lot of room for personal preference and the worship of a holy God, right? We cannot interject our opinions on how we want to worship God. People say, well, you know, worshiping in spirit and truth, that just really cramps my style, And, you know, that doesn't really work for me. I don't like that way. Folks, can I tell you, we ought to just be thankful that we get to worship God to begin with. We ought to keep you willing to be a part of what God desires to do in your life. And what God desires to do in this church is the simple fact he's given us the opportunity. And it's an opportunity, I want to tell you something, that most Christians in America don't have. A church like this, to be a part of a a body of Christ like this. I was thinking this afternoon about Zacchaeus and how he was willing to climb that tree. I mean, you know, for a grown man, and he may not have been a tall man, but he was a grown man. You know, there comes a time in your life, I hear, I haven't reached it yet, to where you quit climbing trees. I haven't got there yet. I'm not old like some of you guys are. I, I still climb it if I can. Here's this grown man climbing the tree. Why was he willing to do that? Because he saw his opportunity. He was missing something in his heart and his life. And he says, there is my opportunity to find what I am missing. And he was willing to climb the tree. Why? Because the opportunity was there.
I think, it, look, if you get down and out and discouraged and tired, what ought to motivate you to stay willing to be a part of the work of God is the simple fact that we have the opportunity to. Remember back in chapter 1, where were they at? In chapter number 1, they were still in captivity. They were still in captivity. The opportunity was not there. So why are they so willing? Look at the list of things they gave. The Bible says they offered burnt offerings unto the God of Israel. Twelve bullocks for all Israel. Ninety and six rams. Seven and, seventy and seven lambs. Twelve he goats for a sin offering. All of this was a burnt offering unto the Lord. Why were they so willing? Just because now they had the opportunity. And folks, God's provided us an opportunity. You know, the way politics are going, I don't know how long we're going to have this opportunity. We ought to be willing. Look, we ought to be willing to be here every time the, house, the, the doors are open on the house of God. Why? Because we have the opportunity. They can't do that in China. Go online tonight when you get home and look at how they're bulldozing and wrecking ball down churches in China. They do not have the opportunity that we do. There's parts of the planet over in Egypt. You cannot own a copy of the word of God. You will be arrested. You will be persecuted. We ought to be willing, listen, to be thankful to have a copy of the word of God, to be in the house of God. Why? Simply because we have the opportunity. You say, well, I don't like your preaching. Hey, you ought to be thankful you just have the opportunity to hear preaching, whether it's good or bad. I told a joke the other day. I forget who I was telling it. I have forgotten a lot this week. And I'll probably forget a lot more before this new week is over. This preacher resigned and the lady comes up to him and she's just crying and says, it'll never be the same. It'll never be the same. He says, it's all right. God's going to provide a man. She says, no, it just keeps getting worse. She said, the last one resigned and it got worse when you came and you resigned. It's just going to keep getting worse. You know, you can always find reasons not to be in the house of God. You can always find people you don't want to sit beside. If you're looking for, it's like we said this morning, if you're looking for a reason not to give, you'll find it. Complain about it. If you don't want to give, then you're going to find a reason not to give. If you don't want to be in church, you'll find a reason not to be in church. But can I tell you, the greatest reason to be in the house of God is simply the fact that we have the opportunity to. Because there was a point that we were those that were left in captivity. Do you know why those people should have got on board Noah's Ark? Because it was there. It was there. Big old boat. Animals had more sense than most of the people to get on board. I'll tell you this real quick, and I give you the second thing. You, ought, you know why you ought to be willing to get saved? Because God's provided the opportunity. You ought to get saved because God's given you the opportunity. There's coming a place and a time in your life where the Holy Spirit of God is going to quit knocking. We get so aggravated. I get tired of conviction. Holy Spirit knocking on my heart's door. Can I tell you something? You ought to be thankful He's still knocking. And he's given us the opportunity. Folks, you know, you know why if you're saved tonight, you ought to get right with God? Because God's given you an opportunity. The Bible says we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You ought to get right with God simply because he's given you an opportunity to be right with God. God outlined for them in verse 35 how they could be right with him. And they says, hey, I'm willing to offer this sin offering. Why? Because God provided an opportunity to be in a right standing with him. That's why you ought to be willing to serve tonight. You know why? Because God's given you an opportunity to serve. So many would love to be where you're at tonight. Go visit so many of our shut-ins who cannot be in church and how sad it is. Their heart burns. Miss Nettie Hayden. I think she'd be on a bus this morning if she could. 
You start talking about the bus ministry, man, her motor starts churning. You know, I wish I could be on the bus right now. Talk, and she starts rattling off the stories about all the kids that used to ride the bus and this, that, and the other. Man, they wish they could, but they don't have the opportunity right now. You ought to be willing to serve. Why? Because God's just giving you the opportunity to. The second thing, look back to verse 35. The Bible says, also the children of those that had been carried away, which were come out of the captivity, offered burnt offerings unto the God of Israel. Number two, what will keep us willing? Because of who they were. Now, this is important. Because of who they were. Notice it says they were the children of those that had been carried away. Here's what's sad. There were a lot of people that were carried into captivity who died there. They didn't make it out of captivity. They were not the people that would get to see the temple rebuilt. I'll tell you tonight, one of the reasons, one of the things that ought to keep us willing and motivated to be a part of the work of God is because who we are, we're the people of opportunity. We've been given the opportunity. You know, there's generations who came before us who didn't have near of what we have. It's a wonderful facility, wonderful team of people that we work together here. The opportunities that God has given us that they didn't have. We ought to be willing because of who we are. We're the people that have been given this opportunity. How sad. It says the children of those that have been carried away. Their parents didn't get to see this. Their parents didn't get this opportunity. They died there. And I'm going to tell you, we ought to be willing tonight just simply because God has blessed us with the opportunity to have the privilege to serve him here. Sometimes just having a change of scenery is worth willingness, is it not? They remember what it was like to be in captivity. They remember what it was like not to be amongst their people in their place. I want to tell you something. I like being at Central Baptist Church. I go away sometimes and visit other churches, and I'll be honest with you, I'm partial to this one. I like being here with God's people. Why? Man, it's a wonderful spirit. It's a great place of opportunity. Now, folks, let us not squander the opportunity and be unwilling because we don't realize how good we have it. You see, Jonah, when God changed his scenery a little bit, he was a little bit more willing, wasn't he? He got tired of being down there in the belly of the whale. He says, you know, this is, this is rough. Sometimes, I honestly believe it would help America if we went through another Great Depression. I believe that. I believe it would help America. I believe socialism would not look so attractive if we just went through another Great Depression. We've got to get back down to the belly of the whale before we're glad to have our feet on dry ground again. And that's why we see Jonah being more willing. Deuteronomy 15, 15, remember this, or you can read it. The Bible says that God says, Remember that thou wast once a bondman in the land of Egypt. The Lord thy God redeemed thee. God says, I want you to remember how far you've come. Folks, we just realize how far God's brought us and the opportunity that's before us. Look, you'll never have a reason to be unwilling. Because there are so many who've come before us who did not have the opportunity that we do. I was in Bible college, and we were in chapel one day, and the, uh, whoever was moderating the service that day says, does anybody have an announcement? And I have a good friend by the name of Brother Greg. And Brother Greg was one of those guys who uh, could get away with saying just about anything. You know, guys like me, if we try that, we get in trouble. And does anybody have an announcement to make? Brother Greg raised his hand. He said, I have an announcement. They said, yes, sir, Brother Greg, what, what would you like to say? He said, I'm just glad to be here. That was his announcement. He was just glad to be there. And I thought about that. I said, you know what? That ought to be all of our testimonies tonight. We're just glad to be here. 
We're thankful that God gave us life again. We're thankful that God has given us the opportunity to be the people in this place for this time. Remember about the donkey this morning. It's no accident that you are here for now. We are the people for this opportunity. I watch the news, and oh, how depressing it is. I have to turn it off. Usually the only time I watch it is for entertainment to watch the Democratic debates, and it's so hilarious watching those guys go at each other. I hate some of those guys dropped out. It's like a favorite character on a sitcom has quit the show. They killed them off, you know. And now it's just, it's going to be good, though. The debates are going to be good if they continue heading in the direction they're heading. But folks, I watch the news, and we see how bad it is. And as bad as it is, I want you to be encouraged by this thought. We are the people for now. We are the people for the opportunity that stands before the church in the year 2020. We're the people. There's been some great men of God who stood behind this pulpit, both as pastor and as evangelist, that have come through this place and are now with the Lord. And who has God allowed to be a part of this church right now? It's us. God has blessed us with the opportunity. Now, folks, that ought to make you willing. Why were they willing to do so much and to give so much? Because of where they were. They were offering these sacrifices in a wonderful place that they called home. And then the last thing. The Bible says, And all the children of those that have been carried away, which were come out of the captivity, offer burnt offerings unto the God of Israel. We see, number one, because of the opportunity. Number two, because of where they were. They were home. And number three, because of who they were. You know, in Psalms 4, 4, the Bible says, stand in awe and sin not. Stand in awe and sin not. Notice the, the, the two clauses in that sentence. We stand in awe and sin not. We realize where we are and where God has brought us, and we realize who we are, and the result is we sin not. I stand in awe of where God has brought us and who we are. And I want you to know something tonight. God has blessed us to be his people who bear his name. Think about that. You know, some folks, you're born with a family name that maybe it's not that most, the most flattering. I tell folks all the time, you can't pick your relatives and you can't pick your church members. Just being honest with you. You know, everybody has that crazy uncle I did. I had one as my dad's brother. He was the crazy uncle that always got me in trouble, spray painting stuff, borrowing stuff that dad wouldn't let me borrow. And, you know, he's my uncle. I couldn't disown him. He just kind of came with the Andrews name. But I'll be honest with you. I'm thankful for the name I have and who I am. I'm thankful for my family and for my heritage. But think about our Christian heritage tonight. Think about who we are. We're the people of opportunity that God has blessed to come to this place. And we've got to understand we're going to give an account to God. The opportunity that God has given us to be who we are, where we are, we'll give an account to that. Look, if you will, with me real quick in Luke chapter number 10. Luke chapter number 10, and look at verse 13. Read a couple of verses, and then we're going to close. What are we talking about tonight? We're talking about what will keep us willing. Number one, it's the opportunity. Number two, because of where they were. God had brought them so far. And then number three, because of who they were. Luke chapter number 10 and verse 13. The Bible says, Woe unto thee, Chorazin. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which have been done in you, they had a great while ago repented. 
sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted to heaven, shalt be thrust down to hell. He that heareth you heareth me, and he that despises you despiseth me, and he that despiseth me despiseth him that sent me. Now, what is he saying? He's talking about accountability. He's talking about accountability. He says, because of who you were and where I brought you and who you got to hear and how I blessed and all that I did. Notice he says, the mighty works. He says, you're going to be held accountable to that. Folks, God's given us a great opportunity here. God has brought us so far and brought our church so far. Do you know how many churches close their doors in America each year? For the past 70 years, God's allowed our church to not only be who we are, but continue to grow and see new families and be a part of new opportunities. We're going to give an account for that because of who we are and how far God has brought us. So tonight, here's the message and we'll be done. It's encouraging us to continue to stay willing. We ought to be willing to stay up to date with our faith promise. We ought to be willing to stay faithful to the house of God. We ought to be willing to stay faithful to the word of God. We ought to stay, be willing to stay faithful to pray for one another. Why? Because of the opportunity. God has blessed us to come to this place at this hour and be a part of this group of people. As he told Esther, Mordecai says, for such a time as this. So folks, we should always be willing simply because of the great opportunity that stands before us. And if the opportunity is not enough, can I tell you what ought to scare us? The accountability. So with our heads bowed tonight and our eyes closed, let's stop.